Hey guys, this is Russ and Ashley, and we are She Wolf Alchemy. And today we are talking about the millennial to emotional support animal pipeline. Ashley, explain, because I feel like people are already confused. I know I was definitely confused when I first heard this. I was like, oh, we're, we're what now? But basically, um, it's the co a concept like some, you know, some social media person came up with about millennials like basically we we go to therapy so that we can learn about our feelings and all of the damage that was done to us and then we go back and we train um the boomers and i also will include gen xers in this because my mom's a gen xer um and they are part of this they're <laughs> they're not to be left out i feel like we give boomers a lot of crap and we kind of ignore them gen xers i'm going to include them as well I ignore the Gen Xs just because they're irrelevant to my life. Like for you, because that's your mom. My mom and my dad are both boomers. So mm -hmm. the Gen Xers are just like my cousins. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. And then they I pretend mean, that they are millennial. I call them this I call them the inactive generation because I feel like they just they just did nothing. They just continue to allow boomers to just overstep. And that's why we are the ones now still battling with them. Like, get out of power. <laughs> Get out the way because Gen Xers was like, look, I, I got mine. I'm tired. I don't want to do this. Like, I just feel like they didn't really, they never really stepped up to the plate. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, reading something that was saying like, this is one of the first times where like a generation really did not step out of the way. Mm -hmm. Like boomers have not got the fuck out of the way, which is why mm -hmm. we're the ones fighting with them. And now Gen Z is coming up behind us. Like, God damn it, boomers. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're all sick of you. Get out the way. Anyway, neither here nor there. <laughs> Go the way of the dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting concept in general. So the video I sent you was talking about this concept. And it was like, yeah, essentially, like you said, like you broke it down and explained. We are, we're going to therapy for the trauma they have placed upon us. And we are learning to communicate. And then we're coming back home and we're just like, hey. I'm, I'm grown. You can't do that. <laughs> boundaries. And, and, and now they're like boundaries. And, you know, we're teaching new words. We are the emotional dictionary. Yeah. Yeah. For them. And I think it's like fascinating because, yeah, this wasn't a role I chose. I don't know about you. Mm -mm. No, I didn't. Do you feel like for you, because I know you said you feel like you do that with your mom. How does it typically work for you and your life? what to have to give like i mean it, i guess it's like giving giving feedback in a way so sometimes it's a little bit more upfront like i'll have some type of realization either because of the work i do or something like that and i'll call and be like you know you did this thing yeah. <laughs> or i just noticed this thing about myself and i think it's because you <laughs> <laughs> did whatever whatever um other times because I have a, a sister who is 15, so she's a Gen Z. Yeah. So they have moments and like either my sister will call me about something or my mom will call me about something my sister did. And then it's like, it's my time to shine and like jump in and be like, well, you know, you did used to do this. So are you sure you're not doing that to her? And she's like, I would never. And I'm like, <laughs> not, it's my time to shine. <laughs> <laughs> It's when I get to interject. So yeah, there's times where she's like, I would never do that. And I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, would. yeah you, you would, you have, it's yeah. kind of a thing that you do. I don't know if you've noticed. And then I get to give some feedback in that way. So it happens like that. Sometimes just things pop up that I get to comment on, or sometimes I have my own realizations and I'm like, let me call my mama and let her know what the hell she did. <laughs> Oh gosh. Yeah. I, yeah, I've definitely had these moments with both my mom and my dad. I will say, um, in my experience though, they're a lot more open. Cause I hear stories of people like trying to talk to their parents and they're just like, I put a roof over your head. Be happy. You're now successful. It's because of me. And that's not how my parents reacted. They both were, yeah, a lot more understanding. You know what? I actually, with my dad, it's really kind of great because like we got to have conversations. My grandmother passed away this year and we kind of have to, got to have conversations about like, 
being able to sit and tell your folks. And I came to realize like they didn't really get to have those moments with their parents. Like they just carried the trauma and was just like, all right, well, yeah, that's it. And so me and him having those moments while, cause he, you know, my grandparents, he moved my grandparents in with him and while he's taking care of them and me and him got to have conversations about his childhood and how it affected him and why he did things a certain way. And also like that feeling like one of the, some of the conversations me and my dad have is because his, his parents got really, really sick. And, you know, he's taking care of them and how hard that is. And so I, when I was younger and, you know, less sensitive, um, I used to joke around a lot and like tell my parents, like, all right, all right, keep playing with me. <laughs> Y'all know I'm the only responsible child. <laughs> Y'all going to be put in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Play mm-hmm. me if you want to. And like now, you know, I'm older and obviously, and we have these conversations and my dad is like, I don't want to be a burden to you. I don't think you understand how taxing it is. Mm. and like that's a really big thing for him me and him have these conversations and he's still like rest like no I don't want you to have to do what I'm doing he was like it's so emotionally physically and just all mentally draining and taxing and you do it because you want to step up but he's like but I want to make it very clear like I I don't want you to have to take on this burden because I would hate to be this amount of you know whatever yeah and it was good being able to have those because he never got to have those type of conversations with his parents. Mm-hmm. And so over like the last two years, me and him have been having more combos about just how our childhoods impact us. And me and him got to have a really great combo where I was very blunt with my dad. I told him like, some of the things I saw you do, mm-hmm. your character, um, there's a thing where fathers can be really amazing fathers and terrible husbands. And they think, it cancels out the other and it doesn't. And I had to have that conversation with him. Mm. Mm. You know, I had to very bluntly tell him, like, first of all, you owe me like 10 years worth of therapy money. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you mm. pay for undergrad. I pay for my therapy. So even like, mm-hmm. you know, and we had to have those conversations and it was really, really hard for me um, because uh, I have a very complicated relationship with fathers. I don't know if you listen to any episode of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> But it's hard because I love him so much, even though like I'm very aware, like, yeah, you're not Superman, you're a man. Um, And it was really, really hard, but it was really kind of freeing to have those conversations. And like, I remember the first time my dad told me he was in therapy and I was like, what? Mm -hmm. I've been hinting that you need therapy for at least a decade now. Mm -hmm. Make your little strides. Now, the therapy is not going as I would like it to go, but you know, he's going. And he's happy. He's getting things out of it. Not the things I would prefer him to get, but he's getting things out of it. I'm curious about something you talked about. So when you said that he was like caretaking for his parents, and I know that caretaking is mm-hmm. is challenging, like it's hard anyway. But I wonder if do you think it's made harder because of the relationship that they had? Like, I feel like our parents' generations are more like they have that sense of duty. Yep. That like, it does not matter how their parent treated them, what they did. They feel like it's still their responsibility to show up for them. And it's, I imagine it's so much harder than caring for a parent that like you had an amazing, loving relationship with. Oh yeah, for sure. I definitely think that's a big part of it. Um, And I admire him. I admire him for stepping up and I admire him for doing that uh, because like I, you know, I'm talking now about my stepdad, me and my biological father do not have, we're, it, it's no contact. I do not have a relationship with him. I don't think I've talked to him in over about to be like five years now. Mm-hmm. And I mean that shit. Like if somebody comes to my doorstep tomorrow, I'm like, oh, he's dying and his last wishes to see him. I'm like, mm, he should talk to Jesus about why I didn't come. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's how I truly feel. But that is a generation where they're like, okay, let me step up and do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, our generation is very much like, so let's talk about what karma is. You're about to find out. And they're very much the generation of like, this is mama and papa. So I must care for them. Yeah. And I, I got to be honest, just keep it on that note. I am curious to see what that looks like in 30 years because we are already having a crisis of overcrowding in nursing homes yeah and we are having like our generation is a cutoff generation Mm -hmm. 
Big Bird are cutting off family members that refuse to change, that refuse to not be any less toxic uh, for the betterment of everybody. And so I'm actually super curious how that's going to come turn around because we are having a crisis in nurses' home now. And I can imagine it's going to be worse. I can imagine we're going to need a lot more for the boomers. I don't know. That's a valid point. I'm thinking about it and I'm like, because I know people who will like not speak with um like even like we're talking about millennials doing it but even like i know gen xers with their boomer parents who have like cut them off or like they really are worn out by it but they're they're still they are in that phase of life of still trying to like plan something for their parents mm -hmm. like um i've worked with people in that age group like in their 40s and like early 50s who are kind of like <sighs> you know <laughs> like i don't talk to my mom because of blah 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 but I, I, I want to make sure she doesn't end up homeless because a lot of people, when they retire, they retire into poverty. Not a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, no, a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> they do. Yeah. They retire into a whole different um, income bracket, depending on what was going on, you know, what they paid off, what they had happening. And so they need that support from their kids. I don't know if it was you or Neek, but I sent one of you guys a video. This was like sometime last year and it was of a guy. It was like a TikTok or something of a guy. He was reading off a like Dear Abby type of like, but it was for finances. Mm -hmm. And he was reading off the story. He was like, and the guy was like me and my wife, we are 63 years old. We're close to retirement and we only have $600,000 in the bank. We're so embarrassed and we don't know how we couldn't have planned better. What can we do now? And then the guy, you know, finished reading the story and he looked and was like am i in trouble they <laughs> right because i have a lot of money. dollars yeah and they're panicking he yeah was like, i got right a burger king group coupon girl girl <laughs> and 64 dollars in my bank account right now do i need to be more concerned because i was not worried about my future until he said that i don't even want to think about my hope is just that we can retire like i i can't oh, think we can't like we I, you know we, this whole week they've been talking okay Sorry. no i refuse to hear that <laughs> all right you know they're talking about life. raising it to 70 so okay yeah i've heard people saying that like oh to get it to the life like i'm no i don't think that's the route we need to be headed towards but i do anticipate it'll be less of like a am retiring to just sail off into the sunset and more of like i'm a retiring to do what i want to do with my free time like my mom recently retired she's not doing nothing she's like flipping house she's having a great she's like painting houses and shit and she's volunteering and she's just <laughs> sounds great refurbishing furniture and selling it like she's having a great time yeah but she's still making money in some way but also of course she's like retired from the military she ain't gotta worry about all that mm -hmm. all this stuff as normies gotta worry about <laughs> but yeah i don't know i don't even want to get on topic of us being able to retire because it's just gonna ruin my night but overall <laughs> <laughs> look the amount of things that future rest has to take care of i feel bad for her because young girls be like i don't know i feel like she'll have it she's a smart that, girl she'll she'll I, figure it out i keep waiting on the me that will figure the thing out um but i also really really don't want to work the rest of my life so what i'm hoping i'm kind of hoping that partnership will help me save money i don't know that's my goal <laughs> mary like, witch i mean that's i mean not not necessarily only that but yeah. just like by combining forces like we'll be able to like combine our incomes and like save money in a way that i couldn't do on my own yeah and then hopefully i don't know i don't know like maybe he takes care of our president and pay these bills and then like i save money for like our retirement i mean you know and my plan children who love us and want to take care of us I mean, you know my plan. I'm I you said this to me the other day. I'm gonna be the rich husband. So like that's that's mm -hmm. the goal right yeah. now. <laughs> the plan is really for me to be the rich husband. Um but yeah, I I don't know. We just we out here working, making stuff happen and 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 we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, but back to your point of like, yeah, what is gonna happen to the the new elderly folks? as millennials and um i believe some gen x but but as millennials i really just like mm -mm. no <laughs> because because i've seen kind of like what you're saying i've seen the emotion like my mom my my grandma is the only one that's left and she doesn't like need to be like um care for like a person like her health is fine mm -hmm. 
um, finances is crazy, but that's it's really her own doing. And so she needs support in that way. And so I see it weighing on my mom now where she's now starting to realize like, I don't have to take this crap. Like <laughs> she's for years held that sense of duty. That's my mom. I'm going to call. I'm going to help, blah, 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 blah. But now she's starting to like really realize one, that her help is not appreciated in the way that you would think that it would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, my, to be real, my grandma had nine kids. There's no reason she should be struggling. Like they should, if they all pitched in, she'd be fine. And it's not that they don't want to, she just makes it so difficult. Yeah. And because she's done that, they're starting to have these realizations of like, you know what? And she was definitely one of those when you're 18, get out of my house and don't ask me for nothing type of people. So they all had to work really hard their whole adult lives, take care of their own kid, like do everything on their own. And now they're kind of having these realizations of like, you was grown when you had me, chick. I don't really, <laughs> it seems like you maybe should have set yourself up a little bit different. But again, they were willing to help. It's just that her person, her behavior yeah, makes it, it so hard. And she does she's not in a point. I think if she was like physically unwell, maybe, maybe, you know, someone would just take on the role because just out of necessity. Mm -hmm. But because that's not the problem, it's just like, man, I'm not about to be sending you part of my check every month just for you to cuss me out. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I don't want to <laughs> got my own stuff. Fair enough. With. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't, I, I think at this point, it's just fortunate. She still got her health, to be honest with you. Um, cause I remember asking my mom once, I was like, Hey, like when I was younger, before I understood the world <laughs> a certain way, I was like, um, would you like, let grandma, you know, like live with you if she like needed. And my mom said, I don't know that lady. And I was like, why would you, what kind of statement is that? Like, that's your mom. And she was like, yeah, but you got to think I moved out of her house when I was 18. I might see her once a year ever since then. Um, and like, we talk on the phone. So like, I don't know that. Like, like that's literally how she said, and to me, it was startling because me and my mom have a good relationship. And I've always yeah. been like, you can always come live with me. If you ever get to that point, like, I want to take care of you. It would be my honor, my privilege. But like, she's very adamant of like, mm -mm, nah, she can go on home. She, mm, I don't know. I'll send a check. Yeah. She can't live with me. I... And I know this is not the point of your topic, but that I actually had that thought the other day. Matter of fact, because my daughter was at her dad's house and she left her book bag and he had called me like, hey, can you drop her book bag up for school? And I was like, yeah. And it just crossed my mind for some reason. Like, hey, once she turns 18, like you might go from seeing her on a regular basis to like not. And then I thought about it because I, when I turned 18, I could not. I was I, I I legit pick my school based on what was the farthest because my parents paid for my undergrad. I picked it based on what is the farthest school away from y'all, mm -hmm. and and it wasn't because my parents but my parents are, were great parents. I I was an eighteen year old. It, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted freedom and I wanted to do stuff and I didn't want nobody popping up while I'm doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And so like that's how I picked my college. And then after I got out of college, I was just like. Like I just I just upped and moved a lot. And also I used to just travel. I wouldn't tell nobody where I was going. My mom would call me, but like, where are you at? I'm like, oh, Wyoming. Wyoming. <laughs> I saw they had tickets for $49. Like I anyways. And I mm -hmm. thought about it and I was like, oh crap, there might come a period of time where this little person, I won't see them every day. Yeah. And that terrified me as a parent. Mm -hmm. mm. but that's why you have to foster relationships now where like you yeah. we can say hey come on and live with us mm -hmm. same thing with like my mom when my parents divorced I was like in Atlanta and my mom had went to Texas with her sisters and I was like yo there's no reason for you to become your daughter is here come here mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but you have to foster that type of relationship and when you don't you mm -hmm. run the risk of really not have anybody out there for you i'm mm -hmm. such a big believer in if you have kids and half your kids don't mess with you it's your fault it one uh i'll side eye it maybe mm -hmm. it could be that one that one can have mm -hmm. a little issues yeah two nah i don't know i feel like y'all did some stuff <laughs> i feel like y'all did some stuff yeah. don't let it add up to more 
Don't let it be three or four. That's a you problem. I came across a video on TikTok. This was like a couple months ago. And it was talking about like the difference about generations or whatever. No, it actually was talking about cutting off parents, no contact, what that's like. And of course, there was parents in in the comments fighting for their life. But one particular one, like just gave us all her information, just doing multiple different comments. And you can see why her kids don't talk to her. Mm -hmm. But she was just like, well, I was a good mom. I spoiled them kids. I gave them everything. And four out of five of my kids don't talk to me. And as people are like trying to tell her, like, well, give them time. And also you might be different now than you were before and maybe work on. And she's like, I ain't working on nothing. And we was like, "Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm. That's your problem right there. Yeah. We see why they don't talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. The emotional labor is definitely hard work. and But I think, so going back to like us being that kind of segue into like guiding uh, earlier generations into like, here's what emotional wellness is like. Yeah. It's like some people do circle back. Like after you're like in a good place for yourself, you mm-hmm. can have those conversations. It's like, okay, whew, let me try to mend the relationship yeah. <laughs> with my parents. Let me try to guide them. And, and if you're lucky, you know, you get someone who's receptive. If you're... I don't want to say unlucky, but if you're, you know, also, I guess if you're lucky, you just get someone who's not terribly resistant because you do have those people who are just like, you know what? I just accept that this is how my parents are. Yeah. They're not going to be able to understand certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, you have a whole nother tr- whole other struggle once you start having grandkids or your own children. And then you're like, I don't want you traumatizing my child. Yo. <laughs> I don't want you traumatizing my child. Oh, God. How do I avoid you doing that? <laughs> Because I was watching something um, earlier as I was like, you know, thinking about this episode and just like looking stuff up. And she was saying how like she was giving examples of how like her son had started to cry and because he had to leave his grandparents house. He had spent the day with them, loved them, blah, 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 blah. And the grandpa was just like, hey, won't, won't do that here. And the grandpa was just kind of like, nah, you got to stop crying. You know, and like that was boom. That was that was them solving the problem and versus like <laughs> like it did not help the child and she was like talking about the way that she helped her son which was like she took him outside and she's like we'll talk to him about how he was feeling and like oh you're sad because of blah 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 and hugged him and let him cry for a little bit and then he was fine and then just all through the comment thread, you heard people like being like all my parents ever had for me was like stop crying or i'm gonna give you something to cry about or like big boys don't cry just like mm-hmm. stupid these little one-liners that we all, we all know. are too familiar with yeah i do wonder how those type of things grow how they get spread around yeah because there's too how many y'all... things from our childhood that we all have heard and i'm just like was there a movie <laughs> like was there a movie where someone said i'm not boo-boo the foo and every black mother was like oh that's it that's the one. <laughs> i'm gonna use that one that's the one yeah I would be curious to know the origin of some of these things because it definitely spread around. Like, it's fascinating when we get online and everyone's like, so, so we all live the same life. Yeah. Is that, is that what was going on? Like, how, how did this happen? Really? From coast to coast. But going back to what you're saying, yeah, I think that is interesting. I'm even thinking it's more so like, as we're talking about, children i'm thinking of like partnership of like okay and i have good boundaries but you don't so now mm. because mm. i i cut mine off mm. but you keep mm. letting this crazy lady in our house mm. and now i gotta deal with her yeah and you won't set a boundary yeah yeah i know someone dealing with that and they were like yep my partner's mom just keeps popping up at our house and like what the fuck because <laughs> because I have boundaries with my family and they know damn well, like you call or you whatever and her partner. And she was like, and it wouldn't be so bad except his family is very negative mm. and they kind of gripe and fuss all day. And it's like, not only do I not want that at my house, I certainly don't want it unexpectedly. Yeah, I, I really don't want it around my kids type stuff, but like, yeah my best friend like it's really important to her when she dates people that like you have a good family connection because she's super super close with her family it's really really good and I remember one time she was dating this guy and his family just had a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. just a lot of stuff and it really 
like as they were starting to like think about getting serious she was like girl, I don't know just I'm not trying to deal with this and I remember us having this conversation because at the time I was just like I don't really care what I, I got my boundaries I don't know it's my house I don't know how they gonna get in if I don't let them in that's something for him he gotta explain why him and them are both in the driveway like I'm very clear about that mm-hmm. um but then um I dated someone that was like really close with their family and I met their family and I was interacting with their family and then I was like I, I get it this is nice this is nice. You okay. have parents that are appropriate with boundaries. They're very loving. Mm-hmm. You guys have a great yeah. communication. Like, okay, I understand. Because, mm-hmm. Like my whole thing was like, I don't, I don't know. I really don't plan to be involved with their family. I don't know why you care this much about your partner's family. I have no plans to interact. And then I dated someone. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, no, this is nice when you can just kind of combine. <laughs> and everybody gets along and it's fine. And they check in. His mom used to call me. Me and, his, me and his man's mother used to have four hours. He would like get home and be like, mm. what you doing? I'm like, I want to find your mama. He's like, oh, hi, mom. Go take a shower, change, and come down, give me kids, start cooking. And he's like, you still want to find my mom? I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. She's holding me hostage technically, but yes, and I'm doing <laughs> And there is a big difference. And so now it's something I'm more mindful of because if you have a certain standard of like, okay, I, I agree to be that emotional support animal to my mm-hmm. folks and I'm like being patient I'm being communicative I am understanding you kind of have to have someone that's on the same page because if you're not used to doing that mm-hmm. if you don't have that level of tolerance that will drive you crazy mm-hmm. if you're the type of person that I'm like uh nah I cut people off the first time she cuts me out that was it I, I don't know why you're going back and forth with this crazy woman that was it for me and like trying to just create the family is hard. <laughs> it really is. Creating I mean, is hard. I couldn't imagine because as you were saying this, I'm like thinking back to like some of my exes and their parents. And most, most I've gotten along with this been fine. Mm-hmm. But there have been some where it's like, I just couldn't imagine. Like mm-hmm. if we had stayed together and I had had to deal with their mother. And <laughs> And there's other times where, like, again, I'd, like, see stuff online of people talking about, like, for example, especially around, again, with grandchildren, because it opens up a whole nother floodgate. Like, people around major events, period, people just get really brand new. (laughs) And so when I read conversations with people talking about, like, who's allowed in the hospital room? And a lot of times, and a lot of times you'll have women who are like, yeah, my mom can come in there, but, like. I don't know your mama like that or you know your parents and then there's like always some somebody in there that's like oh well I hope you treat your parents you can't have a different set of rules for one set of grandparents versus another set of grandparents (laughs) yes I can can. (laughs) like this isn't about the grandparents this is about me (laughs) and what's going on with my I'm the patient not Thanksgiving I don't want to I don't want there to be a time that we can do a roll call of like how many people have seen Russ's vagina and it's more than one person in the room that's what I'm saying. That's what I don't get when when I see people having these arguments. I'm like, someone, and like when people make fun, like only one. Per- I'm the patient. The woman is the patient. She's the one doing the thing. And I, um, I've thought about that with my partner. I'm like, you have a whole a whole daddy, and I don't even know what that's like. <laughs> He's a great man. The fact that I didn't process that at first, and I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh yeah, oh. <laughs> no daddy i forgot oh hug the baby <laughs> oh god but he's a great guy but yeah. i don't want that man walking in the room while my business is all out and all these things are happening like that's a no for me that's enough mm-hmm. for me i understand that you need him for that support but he can wait outside you can wait outside with him i'm gonna need my mama <laughs> it's <laughs> such an intimate you know experience and like i like that's really being uncomfortable about my mom being in there. Mm-hmm. Like I when I gave birth to my daughter, my mom was there, my dad was there, he waited outside, and then my um my my partner was there. And still also like having moments of being like, if y'all could stop collectively going down there to check, that'd be great. Because <laughs> I'm still human. Imagine. I don't want to imagine it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Maybe that 
that's why they're close now. Because my ex and my mom are still extremely close. She bought him a rug for this Christmas. This past Christmas, she bought him a rug. And I'm like, now I got to remember, like, they bonded over your vagina. You forgot. (laughs) They were both there. You forgot. They were both there. Like, we hope she recovers from this. We hope that bounces back. (laughs) That shit is too funny. But yeah, there's lots of people who feel entitled to being a part of just that experience alone. And it's like, no, there's a difference. Or, you know, just in general where people are like worried about their mother-in-laws because <laughs> like these um, crazy controlling ass people. But then on the other hand, well, I, not, I don't even want to say on the other hand, sometimes I do empathize and be like, oh, what's that like to be the the parent of the like every now and then people will make jokes where they're like, I had a boy and now I realize I'm going to be like the mm-hmm. grandma on dad side, oh, which is fine. like, <laughs> which, which as uh, for a lot of people, that's the person that gets the least amount of yeah attention. Like, cause Hey, it's your father. You ain't raise your son to come visit you and bring your kids <laughs> over there. And if he's over here making his wife, the primary default parent. And so the kids always with her side of the family. Hey, Yikes. Hey, Hey, I don't know. Mm. that's like a whole that's a whole thing that's a whole thing anywho anywho teaching boundaries no because you're saying that i'm just like yeah because my nieces and nephews from my brother like i see them once every four years because we live in different states i don't know what my brother be doing he changed his number every three weeks like Mm -hmm. it's just being on the father's side it's not it's not great yeah, for the extra family members, they don't really get as much. Um, I don't think I'll have that. <laughs> my partner's family is very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your it's partner's very, is very close and very. Also, though, you're in a situation where you live where his family is and not where your yeah. family is. As far as our parents are, because they're about equal distance away. Oh. Like, yeah. And they all visit us frequently. It's it's great. But I think, yeah, through us, like, like being there to like as we're trying to be like all right how do i pass on my kids these emotional i want to take care of my kids emotional needs we end up like kind of coaching the, <laughs> our parents to like hey mm-hmm. this is how i would like for you to speak to my child please don't say the types of things that you said to me yeah. they were very damaging yeah okay? i mean i know for me like you know religion's a hot spot for me and so like i had to have a conversation because my daughter one time we were going somewhere and she was like oh we gotta do a prayer and it triggered the hell out of me it triggered <laughs> like in your face because you mm-hmm. already know like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was just like excuse me why do you even know what prayers are I was planning to not tell you what that word meant to you were 18 like I was very <laughs> triggered mm-hmm. and so I had to have a conversation with my mom and it wasn't so much I didn't want my daughter to pray it wasn't it's just I'm very particular because of certain experience I had in my childhood like I want her to make that choice for herself. So if she decides that she's believing a religion, I want that to be for herself. And right now she's not old enough to make that choice. So right now we're practicing being good people. We're practicing doing good things. And then as she asks me questions, I'm willing to answer her. And I answer her honestly. But anywho, I had had a conversation with my mom about that. Like, hey, I get it. And for her, it was no baby. I, we she just saw me praying. She asked me what it was. It's like, oh, I pray. I like to pray over my food, and it just makes me feel like an extra layer of protection that the food will be nourishing and it won't harm me. And that's why Grandma does it. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, all right, <laughs> good job, Grandma. That's a good explanation. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. like, we'll because you'll go to hell and famine will fall upon us. <laughs> if you're ungrateful for your food. <laughs> And my folks really weren't like hell and brimstone type of folks. That wasn't them, but they, you know, they definitely ruined childhood. But, you know, there wasn't like. When I, mm, yeah. And that, okay. So even with like what you're talking about with combining with families, that is a whoo, that is a whole thing. Because some people were raised in like happy religious households where like mm-hmm. God is love and just go mm-hmm. live your life and just remember remember jesus yeah and that's how they were raised (laughs) and then you have those of us that have like deep deep religious trauma and the idea of raising my children and anything that mimics that is like terrifying and and i remember my partner being like so i can't teach them my religion i'm like you don't even go to church shut up girl 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 
I remember dating somebody and like we were getting serious. And so we were having like those type of conversations and he had asked me to lie to his mama. He was like, because we were talking about meeting parents and stuff. He was like, well, also, if you could just, there's going to be lots of crosses when we enter the house. There's going to be lots of conversations. She might ask you to pray. If you could just lie to my mom. <laughs> he was like, let's just, let's just, and I was just like, no. So it fostered a conversation about same thing. Like, mm-hmm. so then, okay, so the kids, then will they just go to church with me? And I was like, Negro, I have never seen you go to church. What are you talking, why are we having this imaginary conversation? Are you practicing? Because I could not have, t- I would not have known. Wouldn't have known. Wouldn't have known. And now you want to indoctrinate my children. And now you want to indoctrinate <laughs> I have come to accept that some people are culturally Christian. Yes. Right? They're not, not necessarily, <laughs> they're not necessarily that religious, but like it's a cultural thing because mm-hmm. what else are they going to do? I don't know. It's just something that's passed down. And then, yeah, when you go home and visit, if your mama goes, they go and, and they pray over their food sometimes. Like I've just come to accept that that is a thing. And I think that may be more the motto that I will allow my children to understand. Like, you know, there's cultural Christians. <laughs> it's just like something to be aware of. But, you know, I'm like you, like once you get old enough to like explore and figure some stuff out on your own, by all means, like yeah. pick, pick what you're trying to do. But I don't, but yeah, but that's a whole, that's a whole other thing. But the funny thing about it, again, going back to like being this emotional support, it's like when you remind older generations that they were like, and I, okay, I try to have grace for it, but mm-hmm. also where you remind them of like, yeah, remember when you told me I was going to burn in hell for Bubba? And they're like, I would never say that. God is loving and forgetting. You're like, that is not what you taught me. <laughs> they just like, forget man they forget so much it is oh my goodness it is the biggest gaslight of all. it is fascinating it is but fascinating I, I try to have grace in a way of like again like they were just going through certain phases like mm-hmm. as we were growing up yeah and the same way that like we we have times where we might get on a kick yeah. about something you know what I'm saying yeah. and then it, if you have a child it spreads to them too like like I think it's that I think about like diet culture as well because like my mom would go on these random ass diet kicks and that mean we was all on diets and it was slim fast in the fridge and it was just mm-hmm. very strange you know yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like mom you had to drive through again like what is going on here like this is mm-hmm. not the person I was raised with um but anywho it's just kind of like so I try to have grace in a way of like, they were just adults, like going through different phases and like trying to figure stuff out. And like, we were just kind of kids that was just yeah. there in yeah. the middle of this kick. And I don't think they realized how- Impactful. Impactful. Their phases <laughs> were. Yeah, and that's why for them, they can forget it. Like, you mean that time I was, girl, and you like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like. I was nine. Yeah. You to them, me. they were like, I only did that for six months. And you're like, I missed my class, the, the big class field trip for that. And it impacted me for all of middle school. <laughs> like, you know, like, no, for real. That is a real thing. It is. Well, and I've talked about this on the either. I've, I don't know. I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I know for sure I told you, like, I got into crystals in like 2019. Mm-hmm. And now my daughter brings home. There's rocks everywhere. There's rocks in her room, and they're not crystals, but she thinks they are. She, if it's a pretty colored rock, she's mm-hmm. gonna bring it home because I went through this phase where I bought lots of crystals, and I had crystals in our living room and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just thought they, I just think they're pretty. I still mm-hmm. like them, and I still think they're pretty. But now because of that, like the other day, I took my car to clean it out and was like vacuuming it, and something got stuck, and it was rocks. It was rocks because I took her to the park and now there's rocks in her room. There's rocks in her car. There's rocks everywhere because because mommy got into crystals for a little bit. I mean, I still like them, but like at the time I was like, yes, amethyst. What does amethyst mean? Ah, You know, what is the Judy Hall book? Let me get that and read up on it. And like now I'm just like, okay, they're cool. They're pretty. I like them. I like them as jewelry. Cool. And I leave right. them alone. But you I did have a moment end. where I was like yeah. on fire. And like yep. that moment stayed with her. Yep. That that's what I try to remember. Cause like, yeah, they're like sponges at all phases of life. Yeah. And I'm like, you're we 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 I now realize being an adult that like sometimes you just get kind of extreme about some stuff. 
and uh, it doesn't always last. And thank goodness for that. But also, <laughs> but also, if there was a little person around that was like watching this whole period of time, that could have yeah. really done some stuff to them. There was a point in time I got like I was like really into her father, and now she she let him in. You know, it's just stuff they pick up on. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so yeah, we're trying to have some grace for the older generation, but it is hard. Like when you're reminding them, it's like, remember when you told me this thing? And it mm-hmm. and it has like shaped the entire rest of my life. And and for them it was a Tuesday. And they like literally don't even remember, like no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. I think that's that's what makes it hard too, to like do some of that emotional labor for them because we're like, this thing was so important. And they're just like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, have you ever tried to like show evidence, like a picture or something, and then and they're just like, yeah, I guess that did happen. Anyways, (laughs) like that's it. That's it of the acknowledgement. Yeah, guess you are right. My mom's favorite thing is, Hmm. well, I was in my twenties. What do you expect from me? And and having gone through my twenties, I get I get what she means. Like I totally get it. Work. So yeah, I'm glad I didn't have children uh, at 19 because who knows what type of parent I would have been. To be really, to be very honest. No be word. Honest. I had my daughter at 26. Well, 25, right before I turned 26, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's better. I, I had a, <laughs> a, a master's degree. I was, you know, I had some maturity. Trying was fully developed. My brain was fully developed. Mm-hmm. It was developing as she developed, but you know, it was fully developed, mm-hmm. and. That's very different. But I'm glad you brought that up because I'm going to store that away for a future argue with my mom. Like, y'all was 40. What was y'all excuse? <laughs> y'all was grown. Y'all was big grown. Oh, gosh. What was y'all excuse? What was y'all doing? Yes. Yes. But, yo, we are the ones doing a live labor. So, yeah. So, for the, the millennials or the, or the person, the people, the generation that is doing the emotional labor in your family, like, have grace for yourself, man. We get why you're tired. yeah we get why family events are exhausting Mm -hmm. because you're the one that evolved and you're like oh gosh and it does take a lot because I know I I remember realizing that that was a thing like this is what was making it hard for me to be around my family because Mm -hmm. of the way well because of my history with them and the way that I want to say the way that holding on to that history was impacting Mm me and you know, I've had to do some work to kind of just let things go, but also see some things for what they really are and be like, oh, bet. That's why I want to avoid you. Yeah. <laughs> like there are certain people who, yeah, I'm still going to avoid them. I don't want them that close to me because I just know too much about them. But um, but having that realization has mm-hmm really changed some things and has allowed me to be around my family and be a lot more comfortable and actually participate in stuff because as I've gotten older it's become important to me like there probably was a time when I was younger where I was like oh y'all can go Mm -hmm. I ain't gotta talk to you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and there are some people I'm still cool not talking to but I've come to want those relationships in a different way now as I've gotten older so it's like okay who can I have it with how can I cultivate this what am I okay with what am I not okay with but I can't do it without being able to say my piece. Yeah. Like I can't just sit here at this family event and you say some craziness and I just shut up about it. Like yeah. if, if that's the way it's going to be, then I don't want to come. Yeah. So like while talking about being emotional support animals, mm-hmm. um, there's kind of like when you see emotional support animals, they have, you know, their little vests. They do certain things. They have certain trainings. Some of our training is this, this right here. Mm-hmm. You hear how I'm talking? This is not my regular voice, but it's calming. Mm-hmm. It's letting you know that this is a safe place. Yeah. I know Olive Garden should have more waiters to service at 5 p.m., but they're not. So we should be nice to her. It's not <laughs> his fault. I understand. You're right. They did sit down after us and got their food before us. But hey, hey, hey. You notice it's very busy in this section. It's just her. It's just her. We should cut her a break. She seems so tired. Yeah. She looks about 17. Let's not, let's be nice to her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good job. Oh, look at you. You know, you put on that voice. There's a professional voice. No, it's really a whole, that's really a whole thing. Even like when I think about in the workplace of like having to have a certain tone about things or certain, and I, I mean, I believe in professionalism to an extent. I don't like professionalism that like erases a person's identity, but, um, but yeah, there is a certain way that you have to be like, oh yeah, uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Let's make everyone feel like everything's okay. It's cool. Don't yell at me. It's fine. You know, <laughs> like, your voice is very loud. This situation doesn't call for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I understand that you're frustrated. Yeah. Could you say mm -hmm. that and not yell it? Good for you. I knew you could do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's some like reverse, some reverse uh, baby talk going on. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's literally about what what it feels like because that's how we have to that's what i'm saying man i read something that i found hilarious that was basically saying that a professional voice is just baby talk for boomers it is it really <laughs> is it really is and i feel like that's why we're exhausted we have to like gentle parent the children we're gentle parenting the adult the older people <laughs> like all around we're the ones that are like okay i am just like la 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 but it is like um yeah, when I thought it, when I first read that, I thought it was hilarious because I'm like, that's what that is. Because no one else cares about that. Like, there are so many people I think in our generation who are like, honey, come in, do your job, go about your business. Like, no one, it's not an issue. But like, there's so much. I don't even know if I want to call it etiquette, mm -hmm. but but maybe maybe that is the right word for lack of a better term. Like, there's so much like performative. Mm -hmm etiquette type crap that you have to do when you're interacting with people significantly yeah. older than you so that they feel comfortable and feel like you're not being like rude or disrespectful I'm just because mm -hmm. I'll never forget and I feel like that was more of a thing when I moved to South Carolina that I was like what the where there were so many people that was like well, I don't want to be mean and I'm like this is work <laughs> <laughs> This is like business. Like there's stuff that just has to be said because mm -hmm. it needs to get done. And like, I guess because it's like, I feel like I understand just like, I would, I would assume someone else might like, we understand like some stuff just gotta be said because we mm -hmm. gotta get it done. It's not personal. It's not a big deal. Baby, this is work. Do your job and go home. Mm -hmm. But there is this whole other um, group I'll say also generation of people where it's like, yeah, that was like a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Where you they like grew up with rules, like they were the rules generation. They were the uh, like, if you do A, you do B, C will happen. And so they like things very much in order of like, yeah, no A and B and C. It's why, and not even wrong, we're all kind of like a little bit annoyed with like people who get famous for no reason, but I'm convinced that's why it pisses them off so much mm -hmm. because they were like, what's their talent? <laughs> they were supposed to have a me too moment before <laughs> and have talent before we made them. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. They like yeah. have these rules that don't make a lot of sense and they're just like really adamant. They can't let me not say they, they can sometimes be really adamant about it. And I think that is why our millennials are the generation that is very much about emotions and feelings and understanding self and others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we're like, we did these rules and it didn't work. Yeah. And it caused a lot of emotional damage. And now we realize that the world we live in does not even, the rules do not apply. Mm -hmm. So let's mm -hmm. learn about self and discover. Yeah. And they're and just we like, mm, no. And we're a little bit more, and that's that's what's so funny is because they call us snowflakes. <laughs> and yet, like, we're so much more about, like, let's just cut through the BS. And I was laughing because I saw someone doing, like, a um, like a bit about, like, your, your millennial manager and how they're like, all right, guys, Friday meetings, don't we all hate this? Let's cut to the slack. Let's get to whatever, whatever. And I was cracking up because I was like, that is so me. Girl. <laughs> that is so me in management. Like, I am now that person. That's like telling myself, like, if you just sit there pretending to look at your computer, please go home. Like, stop sitting there. Whereas in like, when I was younger, <laughs> my supervisors were older folks. No, no, no. If the clock don't say, it, the, the, like I said, the damn performative shit of it, of like, mm -hmm. you must sit here until five because we're paying you. And you're like, I am doing nothing. Mm -hmm. 
there is nothing to be done. Why must I sit here? Because the rules say. <laughs> I remember I had a, a worker. I was like the supervisor and I had sent them an email because um something was wrong with their notes or whatever. Something like that. I had to send them an email just like, hey, if you can fix this, blah, 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 blah. Um, I need it by this date or whatever. Or no, I don't even think I gave them that. I was like, hey, sometime important, can you fix this? And I was working on a Saturday because that's who I am as a person. Yeah, And yeah, yeah. they emailed me back. Like, I'm so sorry, Russ. I'm going to, I was like, oh, and I reply back to them. Girl, don't you ever feel the need to reply back to me on a Saturday. I'm here because okay. this is what I'm doing. <laughs> I was like, 100%. worry about that on Monday. 100%. Yeah. I remember working with someone of a different generation. That lady called me at like seven. I don't know, but it was late. It was mm. not during work hours. And she was like, I just, I'm just now able to get around and turn your phone call. And I was like, let me tell you right now, there is not a damn thing I need. <laughs> That is going to ever require you to call me after hours. This could have definitely waited to the morning. I'm not going to do anything with this information. Please don't do this again. I'm excited to see um, what our generation does with parenting, like how kids turn out from that. Um, my partner and I were talking about I think we might have went too far, to be honest with you. I feel like we also went too far and we're going to have also our kids. Yeah, They're going to be talking to us about some things. It'll be all right but we'll hopefully we'll be receptive and we won't be so indignant to think that we did everything right like um my partner's father was visiting this past weekend and he was telling us a story about like when he married um his wife and his mom mm -hmm. and he was saying like yeah like um my father-in-law told me if you have to beat her just send her back now we were like what <laughs> What? And he was like, those was the times, you know? He was like, and of course, I was like, I'm not going to beat her. <laughs> but it's just like the fact that from their the stories that our parents' generation tells us, <laughs> and that we just be like, uh, <laughs> and but like the fact that like for him, like the generation before him mm -hmm. were of that, like smacking your wife around was just, you know, run of the mill type shit. That was family management, I guess. I don't know what was happening. Yeah. Where you felt the need to tell. <laughs> but thankfully, that generation was coming out of that phase and was like, what an absurd thing. No, I would not. I'm not going to hit her, not marrying your daughter what? to beat on her. But then he tells us this story as a funny anecdote. And we're like in horror. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Look, my family's a funny anecdote. It's just, I come from a long line of women <laughs> whose husbands. Mysteriously died. Di mysteriously disappeared. <laughs> I'll come from a long line of women who like to quit girl grits extra hot. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, as a kid, you're like, yeah. That's funny. Ha ha. ha. I mean, you're like, oh, <laughs> then you okay. get older, you're like, we kill it. Okay. <laughs> but it makes me, I always makes me think of my um my neighbor back when that was like this older woman and i remember her talking about her husband she was like he always kept a job and he didn't beat me and i was like I remember you telling me that yeah what kind of yeah i want my standards to be higher but also again like thinking about the fact that like so you for real came from a time where like that was some real and that's and we know that domestic violence things like that still happen now but it's not okay it, we we all know it's not okay yeah. right it's not normal that shouldn't it's not not the expectation mm -hmm. whereas in in those days it's like secret. right right it's because because we it's because it's shameful behavior mm -hmm. <laughs> whereas in back in those times like you just be lucky if your husband was a nice man that didn't beat you like what the fuck girl Jesus christ oh, i can't imagine it anyway so yeah they went through a lot man um they did they did um, I mean, yeah. and they have a lot of great stuff to, uh, we mm -hmm. can learn from them from like, I love, uh, I mean, I'm probably, I might know you. I love the boomers work ethic. I was in a position before where I had some folks and um, the folks at the time before, it was like a mixed group of ages and that was interesting. And then the next time they were older and they were great and they were qualified. It was so great. And maybe some of it is because of that formality, like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and they did enjoy it when we were like, hey, cut loose a little. Hey, we don't have to be that stiff. And they're like, okay, fun colors. Okay. Like they're very, <laughs> they're very 
It was fun. But like, also from my side, it was mm. awesome because I was like, hey, yeah. I didn't have to do a lot of checking in and checking up. Like, I was there. I was available. But like. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> I find like, you got to teach them like, we can still get our work done and have fun. Yeah. It's all right. I um mm, I have not been so fortunate as to have the experience that you had. Yeah. Um no. Okay. No, I had more like so an email. Um <laughs> the, the process is that you email it and I don't see why you couldn't have it makes me think about I remember at one time when we, when we were working together and we did we had it um we had an intern. I don't know if you were there i think yeah i know exactly you talk about yeah 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 and it was an older person and she yeah it, i i don't know she was a little <clears throat> the uptake was i expect I, I expected that because of her background that like there was just certain things she was gonna know she was gonna be up on if you don't know you was gonna ask questions and we were gonna figure this thing on out and that's just not what happened and stuff was just not getting done and then I had to follow back up and I can't stand to have to follow behind folks. And I remember by the end of her time there, she was like, some of y'all never worked with me again. <laughs> <laughs> and I was cracking up because I just knew I was one of the people who was like, I, yeah, you're right. I was, I dismissed you. I had, I, did, I had way too much going on in that job to be holding some older person's hand. I mean, I had a lot more grace maybe for someone a little bit younger, I guess, because it's like, I get it. You're just a little baby college student. You don't know what. But when it was like, just like your second Karana, like, <laughs> why do I have to tell you these things? Like, I, I don't have, I don't have it in me to to do this. That was, yeah. But, but I'm not that way anymore. I think I could work better with Yeah, her. no, I had great experience on uh, on that front. I, I'm, I, I, I did. I have, it was fun. It was fun. They're great. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. They are great. But also, like, yeah, yeah, no, it was fun. It was great. <laughs> I um even I feel like I also like I I really appreciate sometimes the bluntness of sometimes when you're interact when you are interacting because there are certain things, there are certain topics like I get people want us to tiptoe around. They want blah blah blah. But there are certain things that again, I just want like it is what it is, and I think. Sometimes with millennials, with the younger generations, we have been taught like, hey, it is that feeling thing. It is. But kind of like you said, there's certain things that you just got to say. There's certain mm-hmm. things that are going to be, they're going to hurt people's feelings. There's certain mm-hmm. things that are, um, yeah, there's no way to soften the blow. Mm-hmm. And I have appreciated that again. But even sometimes, even like family things where it's like, yeah, so I'm going to just let you know this. Because we ain't got time for you <laughs> to get it wrong eight times because no one's telling you exactly what's happening and we hoping you pick up on context clues. I do mm-hmm. appreciate that. Um, going back to them like being like you know, emotional support service animals, it's a job that's needed. If we didn't do it, I think we will have more clashes than the ones that we are currently having and you have those that are really open to learning and into changing and to growing again with both of my parents like even my mom and my mom has just done a lot of changes on her own again the mother I have right now is not the person who raised me at all like she's just not they're two Mm -hmm. completely different human beings Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm thankful for that and she was amazing she's amazing now um but, you know, when she first moved down here, I remember we had had a conversation about boundaries. You know, my parents had went through a divorce. And so she wanted to talk to me about my dad. And I was just like, no. <laughs> like, I get it. I'm grown. I think I was 30 mm-hmm. at the time. Like, I get it. I'm grown. I'm 30. I'm, I know you watch Gilmore Girls. I, I You thought this was going to be different. I, I don't want to have those conversations with you. Talk to your sisters. You got like six of them. Go talk to one of them sisters. And mm-hmm. I remember like one time we were driving. I think I picked her up from the airport. She had came home from like visiting a aunt, one of my aunts, I'm sure. And um, my dad did something ignorant and, and she wanted to talk about it. And I remember just being like, hey, no. And she was like, aren't you supposed to be a therapist? And you, everybody else can talk to you about these emotional things. And I was like, so this is called boundaries. Mm-hmm. 
because me and you have an emotional connection. The person you want to talk about, I have an emotional connection too. I don't want to be in the middle of y'all stuff. Mm -hmm. If you want me to know that, hey, sometimes he's not that great. I am very aware, but we can't have, I was like, but I don't, you know, and we had this conversation and at the time it was really hard. Like she was very mad at me. She, she did not appreciate me saying, yeah, it's called boundaries. Mm -hmm. That was not mm -hmm. great. But after like having those conversations, like she respected it. Mm -hmm. And later we were able to have a conversation where she was like, you know what? You're right. That was not fair for me to lay that on you because she was like, I also know if you're doing that to me, that means you're doing it with your dad. And I'm like, yeah, y'all don't talk. I, neither one of y'all allowed to talk to me about the other. I don't tell neither one of y'all what the other person's doing. I don't tell y'all each other's business. I don't. Uh, how are you? Let's mm -hmm. talk about you. Mm -hmm. mm. And it was um, appreciated. And she took that and now we're able to have you know, certain conversations because now she, I know that you know my boundaries and you respect them. And mm -hmm. so now I feel more comfortable having conversations with you because I don't feel like I'm going to get bombarded or sideswiped. Mm -hmm. Me just being like, oh, what about your day? Good. Da, 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 da. Uh, hey, 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 please. Why are we, why are we talking about this? I don't have to worry about that now. And even mm -hmm. with like my father, like me and him had to have a conversation where, again, I just told him like, yo, you did certain things that like just weren't cool. And I don't know if you thought I just wasn't aware, but I was aware. And this mm -hmm. is how it impacted me in seeing him handle that. Cause I was terrified to have that conversation. I'm a big person who used to be really, really big on cutting people off automatically asking no questions. And I get that from my dad. That's how my dad is. That's where I picked that up from. And so I was terrified. Like, I'm grown. He can't cut me off. Mm -hmm. He used to have to pay for me. That was a whole defects case. I think that's the only reason he did not cut me off before. Like, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, he has that option. I was really terrified. And we were able to have this conversation. We were able to talk about, like, my boundary. We were able to talk about, like, hey, these are the things you do and did that hurt my feelings. This is how it impacts me. And him being able to be like, yo, I had no idea. Or I had my own stuff going on. I forgot that you even had feelings. I was just like, she a little person. They, she watches cartoons, eating cereal. I had no idea. You was having this whole emotional thing, my bad, and actually having changed behavior. Again, I told you, the man went to therapy. The therapist is wrong, but he's trying, and that's fine. I think I told you, like, my dad was, like, we had this conversation. He was like, mm -hmm. yes. I told my therapist, like, I'm really struggling with uh, just feeling bad sometimes about some of the things I did to hurt y'all. And he told me. That, you know, you got to let that go. And you just, you're so hard on yourself about how and you are, you just make yourself so responsible for other people's feelings. And I was like, that is not his problem. That's not it. That's wrong. That has never been his thing. I I don't, I don't know what story he told him. Uh, I think my dad got it because the whole time he had this conversation with me, I was like, mm, okay, okay. And so are the feelings that you're concerned about from other people in the room with us? Are they here? Okay. All right. Well, cool. But he's trying. Mm -hmm. And, that and that, yeah. And now, like, I look at my parents as people who are, like, a somewhat emotional safe space. And I did not as a child. I did not. Uh -huh. They were loving. They were great people. And I knew they loved me. I knew they cared. I knew that they were trying. But also, at that time, it felt like they were very stuck in their ways. And now, I'm like, no, you are these adaptable people. And... Uh -huh. I needed that then, but I also need it now. And I appreciate that you are giving it to me now. As we heal ourselves, <laughs> we are able to heal those around us. And I think that's the beautiful thing of it. Like we talk about it, like it's hard. It's a lot of emotional labor, but when we're able to successfully do that, and it does come from like us working ourselves and realizing certain things, I think it is beautiful when we're able to share that out with our family so that we can have these close relationships and so that they get to experience these things too. Like, gosh, it's, you you know, when you see people just like stuck in their ways their whole life, like I said, my grandma's mean. I'm like, you are too old to be this way, lady. Like, <laughs> like let us love you. Um, and so unfortunately we, we haven't crossed that threshold with her, but Hey, it I'm always surprises me when every time you say that, I'm just like, I thought, oh, people switch up to get into heaven once they hit like 80. Like they just start being nice. Because there's lots of old people I know personally that I'm just like, yeah, the sweetest thing. And then you talk to the people they raise and they was like, they are devil spawn. What do you need? Is she nice to you now because she's trying to get into heaven. That's what my family used to always say. <laughs> she's trying to get into heaven. No. 
that lady um she's nice to me mm -hmm. i'm a favorite grandchild um but she don't let us love her the way that we could like I, i'm just gonna say that right there <laughs> but either way um mean as a snake as they as mm -hmm. they would say um but yeah but but it's like when, yeah, when you see people like that, it's like, man, you're just stuck in your ways. Like, just like chill. Like, let us let us soften you up so you can see what this is like. And so I'm glad when we're able to give that gift to our parents of like, this is what it's like. This is what it's like to set around you. This is what it's like to feel emotionally safe. This is what it these it's like to open these things up. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a beautiful thing, but yeah, it takes some, whew, it takes some work yeah. <laughs> on our part to be able to get to a point where we can have these conversations. And so I definitely, I'm an advocate of like, when we heal ourselves, we heal generations before us and yeah. after us. And like, we're just, we're doing the work, girl. We're doing we it. We are, we are. Look, I, my parents are safe places. If anything happened to me, I would be okay with them raising my daughter. Yeah, same. I can I, I do it with my mom. Um, raising my child if she had to. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so that's that growth. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a lot of emotional labor. But, hey, there's possibility for payoff. And I just want to say, also, there's a possibility that it's that it's not. And you have to <laughs> set that. You, look, when you go into this type of thing, I'm such a big believer in before you go into anything, decide in your head how far you're going to let this go before mm -hmm. you have to pull back mm -hmm. before you start stuff, because it's real hard to recognize when you need to stop before, if you go into something and you don't make that decision and things just start happening, then it's yeah. kind of hard. Cause then you're now trying to like calculate and blah, blah, blah. But if ahead of time, I'm like, I'm going to set my boundaries. I'm going to try to communicate. I'm going to try to set grace and so forth. But if they're still disrespectful to me, if they're disrespectful to my partner, if they're still mm. um, refusing to treat me as an adult, if they're still um, causing massive harm, and this is what I'm, this is how I'm going to categorize harm, then I am going to say, okay, cool, then I need to pull back. Mm -hmm. And then making that decision within yourself and then kind of setting that all going into that, especially for those of you who maybe are, ha are, uh, separated from your parents or haven't really talked and you're considering, especially for those of you in therapy now, you're having the conversations. You're like, okay, I think I want to try again with them. For some people you want to. I personally have made the decision with my biological father. That's someone I never plan to ever talk to again, mm -hmm. that I don't want to have contact with you. There is no way for that to be to be healed or forgiven. But for some people it is, you know, no, I do want to heal that. Mm -hmm. I do want to give them a chance. That was back then. They could have changed. I have changed. I miss them. I have a desire to have them in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But kind of make sure you are sitting. You're not setting yourself up for disappointment. And a part of that is by recognizing what boundaries you need to have for yourself before you go into that. And then you respecting your own boundaries by recognizing, okay, this person has not changed. And maybe I do need to pull back. Mm-hmm. Great point. Yeah. So that's all we have for today's episode. We hope you guys enjoy. Be sure to follow us on TikTok at She Wolf Alchemy Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at She Wolf Alchemy. We'll have a new episode for you guys next Sunday. Bye. Bye. <laughs>